All right, you can be seated. So uh, let me give you a statistic and let you know what I'm going to be talking about today. About 27% of you understood the rules of uh, stand in awe. Now, this is what I mean by that. You were raised in churches of Christ. And if you don't stand during I stand in awe of you, you will go to hell. At least that's the way you feel. Now, if you're not from our tradition, you're like, why are all these people standing? I understand you're supposed to stand. But now, after five weeks at LCU, you just stand up. You know, you're like, I, somebody standing up, I have no idea what's going on. I've been yelling watermelon through my lips as they think I'm singing, it's great. I get chapel credit, let's move on. That's 27% of people understood what I just said and laughed at it. That means the rest of us sometimes feel very awkward. I've been there. I get to travel and speak with different faith tribes, and I love my Catholic friends, but they stand up and down more than anyone else I've ever seen. And I, where's my Catholic friends? Where are you? You know the rules. You have to stand up at the right time. I even making this up. So I was attending a funeral and religious service with my head coach that I worked with back in Dallas, and he was a Catholic, and I literally, I felt like I was in a drill. I was watching him. I mean, I don't, I, the priest was doing some really cool stuff. It was in Latin. I don't know that. I love the smells and the sound. The Catholic church, he'd stand up. I'd just go, okay. All right. Okay. I mean, I looked at him the whole time. So I understand. But it could be awkward for you. My family is not second or third generation Church of Christ. And you come to West Texas, and some of you are part of maybe four or five generations. There's families, I knew one in particular, whose grandmother, great-grandmother, came to Lubbock in a covered wagon. One of the sweetest ladies I've ever known. And so that's all the families ever known. My family came into the Churches of Christ through broken marriages. My mom and dad had both been married before. They moved to Louisville, Texas. They had no air conditioning. So like most people in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you drank tea and or the other spirits. And my family did that at the time and smoked cigarettes and talked to your neighbors. But there was this thing that we called free child care, known as Vacation Bible School, that every once in a while, a church would hold a Vacation Bible School. So my parents would send my mom's daughter, blended family that I came from, I wasn't even born yet, they would send her to these Vacation Bible Schools so they could be alone. She goes to the Church of Christ Vacation Bible School and tells the preacher, I think my mom and dad are going to hell. Now, she's all of five or six years of age. Like, well, young lady, why do you think your mom and dad are going to hell? Because they smoke cigarettes and drink beer. So the preacher comes to my house, 1162 Pebblebrook in Louisville, Texas, and says, are you Henry and Lana? Yeah. Your daughter thinks you're going to hell. Because you're smoking and drinking. And they all start laughing. But that's something about that preacher that cared enough, that's at the DNA of Churches of Christ, to say, I'm going to go and follow up on this, and said, let me tell you what your daughter said. And so they started attending the Church of Christ, started in a garage, then it got bigger, and then it got bigger. So by the time I got around, it's one of the the larger churches in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Now, why do I tell you that story? I'm a member of the Churches of Christ, and our heritage is really something kind of special at the turn of the 19th century, Barnstone and Alexander Campbell, both Presbyterians, decided to get together and pick up Luther's idea of sola scriptura. 
They looked around and what is happening in our culture today is like there's so many rules and so many different buildings. It's so confusing. So here's what we're going to do. Let's pick up that solo scripture. Let's just go back to the Bible and let's figure out what's going on. And what's so crazy, and you may not know this, for some of you who feel guilty for clapping hands in church, one of them was more charismatic and the other one was like very cerebral. What does the Bible say? And they found a way to get along. They weren't non-denominational. They considered themselves undenominational. They turned their backs on creeds, all names on church buildings and said, can we just get together and just see what the Bible says and tries to do that? It started in the Midwest. When it went south, primitive Baptists loved the idea. So it was one of the fastest growing religions of its time. And here's what they would say. And I want you to hear this because they believed in a simple gospel, a simple church. It's all about mission and unity. They had a lot of grace for each other. And they would say these words, Christians only, but not the only Christians. Again, it's not unlike what some of you are experiencing with some of my friends that are part of the non-denominational movements. Great friends of mine where they are seeking, can we go back to a simpler time where we try to see and focus on what Jesus would have us do in our culture? Now, the way that we began to read the Bible is something that will go over most of your heads, but I'm going to talk to y'all who've been in the churches of Christ for a long time. Command, what does the Bible say? Example, what do we see? And necessary inference. It sounds good in and of itself, but it led to a lot of divisions. And the reason we did that is because like every other denomination, every single one that is a major denomination in the United States, and I would say the non-denominational denomination movement, try to codify what they believe. And we begin to do that. Then we have people who are on the inside and the outside. So I was raised with the notion, not Christians only, but not the only Christians. I was raised with an idea that your parents may say, are you going to a church of Christ school? This is what they may have heard. Christians only and the only Christians. And that's when things like every other major denomination, we begin to look around the room and thinking, you're not like me. You're not like me. You're not like me. So therefore... Somebody has to be right and somebody has to be wrong. It sounds very democratic, very American. But if you're not a believer in Jesus, and I say this a lot, if I'm trying to find Jesus in this world today, I would be very confused because everybody claims that their church is the very best place to find Jesus. So in my mind, like Alexander Campbell and Barton Stone, it can't be that complicated. When I was going through graduate school, we spent three years together with a group. On the fourth year, we started talking about discipleship. So my professor, who knew me very well, and again, we've all been together for three years, we started going around the room talking about each other's denominational background, and we got to mine. And I started talking about unity and about all the great things and back to the Bible. And my classmates stopped me and said this, and I'll never forget it. David. Y'all are a hybrid Protestant cult. I'm like, whoa. And they're like, not you. But you don't talk to anyone. You publish to yourselves. You don't work with anybody else. And at that point, as far as in my scholarship, as some of y'all, y'all may not know this, my peers, that's why I spend so much time with other organizations because that's not who we are and I don't want to be that person. Because back at our roots... And again, every faith tribe in this room, whether you're Baptist, Methodist, Cat, doesn't matter. We go through these phases. There's ups and there's downs. Now, some of the things I love about our movement is we have a high view of baptism, which I think is very biblical. It's more than a symbol. It's, it's a marriage, if you will. I love the idea of church. 
Church attendance by now, you're not going to have that checked when you go to heaven. But we believe in what the body of Christ is all about. We believe in the human ability to read and to understand the Bible. That sounds great, but sometimes people like me are ostracized because I'm an expert in biblical text. We're kind of paranoid about people like me because we're trying to change the proper pattern. We have a high view of Scripture. We read Scripture, and we believe God speaks to us through that. We have a high view of mission to others. Out of all the groups that I've researched, one thing the Churches of Christ do is we are all over the world doing things through some of our service organizations in the name of Jesus. It's at our very core. But the thing you probably understand more than anything else is our acapella music. That you're like, okay, this is odd. That's the greatest joke in the world. Where's your piano? Where's your guitar? Where's all this stuff? Keyboard, I haven't seen it. Where's the tambourine? Some of you tambourine people, y'all, y'all are fun. Okay, where's your organ? Command example, necessary inference, whatever. Really, when the churches of Christ started, most of the churches in America were a cappella. And we just like singing a cappella. All of these things, and I want you to hear this. Even though in some of our places it's become a theological distinctive and a marker for who is and is not a true Christian, at our very roots, we welcome everyone. We believe at Lubbock Christian University that we are Christians only. We strive for that. But you need to hear me very clearly. We're not the only Christians. And we're very welcoming. And we strive for that at Lubbock Christian University. You're like, why do we do a cappella? It's our tradition and we honor that. Like any other school that's faith-based honors their tradition. But at the same time, as you've seen, we have an instrumental service Sunday night you can be a part of. You're like, well, why not in here? Because we go back to the simplest forms because everyone can gather around that type of messaging through song. We just want to do that. It honors and it is something we appreciate and reminds us of the best of ourselves. The honoring our traditions without being trapped by traditionalism. I'm going to read this again because this explains a lot at Lubbock Christian. We honor our traditions without being trapped by traditionalism. So for some of you that come from very conservative places, that's why we have women read scripture and participate. That's why we look for to include everyone in this idea, as Byron said, that we want to be of Christ in Christ alone. And I acknowledge it can be so confusing. You're talking about worship. It's such a high church thing. That's awesome. Why do these people applaud every time we're like, now Byron Rogers will lead singing. Whoa, go Byron. You're like, that sounds so weird. And now David Fraze will speak in chapel. What? He's been doing that since I was 18. That's a long story. So, yeah. So think about this. There's sometimes you may feel because of the 27% here that you're in an insider language thing. And I want to challenge the 27% of us to be what we are at our very core. We sing songs that seem to be very insider at times. We say things that seem to be very insider. We hold very lightly and we confuse people sometimes by our applause at inappropriate times. Be considerate and go back to our roots. We are Christians only, but not the only Christians. So we welcome you. We acknowledge today that like everyone before us and everyone since the day of Pentecost, we struggle to know what it means to gather and to hold ourselves together 
and to understand from a creed perspective what we all believe because we want to fulfill the words of Jesus on the night he died that the whole world will know we're his disciples by our love for one another. And none of us are perfect, but we sure are trying to love a Christian. So we acknowledge and we welcome you. And we don't mean to be exclusive when that happens. Now, it's very important to me that the simplicity of Jesus is communicated in all that we do. That was at the very core of our movement. And it's one of the things I love about the churches of Christ. Because I'm standing in front of you and I'm going to say, if it's not for the grace of God and what God has done through Jesus Christ, none of us have hope. Amen? So we can all agree on that. I have a friend who was an active Muslim. Known him for a while, I won't say very much because this is being recorded. He's very dear to me and I still go to Louisville and go by and have coffee with him. I make him take me out to lunch because he has more money than me. I literally just show up and go, where are we eating? He's like, ah, I got work. Come on, let's go. But when he started working for a friend of mine, he was an elder at my church. This elder, who's a strong believer and part of our faith tradition, gave them a room to practice their prayers. And it was very odd to this Muslim group. And after a while, they started having studies and they started talking to the imams and back and forth. And after a while, there was this one event. My friend's daughter was dying and the very worst of Christianity showed up on his front porch when Christians would show up and say, if you convert to Christianity, your daughter wouldn't die. It's harmful. So my friend called his boss who showed up at his house. And showed him what Christianity was and paid for his daughter's funeral. So after a while, they're at an impasse because my friend said, either you're going to hell or I'm going to hell. Something's going on here. we got to figure this out. And so he denounced Islam. And he's a person of faith still seeking. But he gets confused by the same things we get confused by. So about three years ago, when I was making him pay for my lunch, he's sitting there crying and he goes, Dave, I don't understand. I mean, this is a very well-off guy and he's just tearing up because I, I don't understand. I pray and it sounds just like yours. I feel like I'm praying to your same God, but everybody's saying, come to my church and come to this church and come to that church and all this stuff. And I, I'm just confused. I think it's all a cult and all of you people are crazy. And I just stopped him. It was pretty cool to be in the middle of a BJ's restaurant, see the demonstrative nature of this. And I mentioned his friend's name, who's a dear friend of mine. I said, Mike and I aren't inviting you to church. We're inviting you to understand and follow Jesus. And he just calmed down. Because that's attractive. In a world that is so confusing, and there's so many differences and divisions, what you're going to get at Lubbock Christian is pretty simple. It's always been at the very core of our roots. We used to be attacked by this because we had one of the first Bible professors that would talk about grace and the simplicity of Jesus. And at Lubbock Christian, we want you to know Jesus. That's the core of Lubbock Christian University. It's not just a movement, but it's the very best of our movement that we acknowledge has weirdness to it. But we want you to know Jesus because we believe at Lubbock Christian that we are Christians only, but not the only Christians. We invite you to join us in this. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this day. You're not dismissed, by the way. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for being in this place with us. Thank you for all the awkwardness that goes around us that we can stop and we can sing and we can read your word. Father, we acknowledge that sometimes that's so confusing to those who don't know a religious 
institution or don't understand some things about our movement, Father, but we thank you that we have your word. And Father, we apologize for the times that we would represent Christians only and the only Christians. Father, your gospel is bigger than any one movement because it's based on the life of your son. And Father, we claim that and we invite everyone to figure more out about this Jesus through him that we pray. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage my wife of 32 years, Miss Lisa Fry.